it says in the book of Acts. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. We're all in there. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah, we're saved. Yeah, we've called on his name and we are saved. Whoever calls on his name shall be saved. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Hills. You know, we've got an enemy who wants to throw us off course. But I'm going to talk to you tonight about this. And you might want to write it down. I've got a title. This is the second word prepared for tonight. I prepared the first word last night... Went and sat down and thought, right away, that's not what you want me to bring. I said it instantly. And I thought, but I don't know what you want me to bring. So I waited. You see, I wrote this down. Smith Wigglesworth, do you remember I mentioned him the other week? Yeah? Said this. God never intended his people to be ordinary or commonplace. His intentions were that they should be on fire for him. How's your fire tonight? There's warm spaces all over Plymouth. How's your space in here? How warm is it? Really warm. I went into a church. I've got so many stories to tell you. I've only just started this job and the stories I've got. But I went into a church on Monday morning and I thought, um, it said on the outside it was a warm space. And I thought, right, because a lot of what I have to do is network with other churches. Before that, I'd had an amazing time um, with, a, with a minister, a guy. Anyway, I'd left that and then I saw um, this and I thought, oh, I'll just pop in there. The door was open. Well, I went in there and I'll tell you what, it was the coldest church I've ever been in in all my life. They, they should be had up for saying on the outside that it was a warm space. Nobody was in there. In fact, after a bit, I thought, oh, it's a bit spooky in here. So anyway, before I left, I said, God, make this a warm space. I won't refer to the heating. Because, you see, added to the fact that it was freezing cold in there and I couldn't even see a radiator, it was something spiritual that I felt. And it wasn't a warm space. God, make it a warm space. You know, and it made me realise as I've left there, I've, I've been humbled yet again. 
at what God's given me to do. What an opportunity I got. I wonder if anybody in that place has ever prayed for God to come and make it a warm space. What an opportunity. It was an empty building. It was freezing cold. But I want to tell you, you and me, don't look at me and think, oh yeah, she can do that. You, the spirit of prophecy is on every single one of you. How are you walking? How are you moving? What are you doing? Where's the fire? We're not intended to be people that are ordinary. We're extraordinary. We're not even natural. We're supernatural. Because the God who saved us is in us. And that makes you and me super. You know, if we thought about it, and you know, I don't think about it. I went out on Monday morning, and I'll tell you, I got lots of stories. I come home, and I just was so humbled that God took me into a situation. I'm working for this company called Safe Families. What I love about it is we do need volunteers, but what I love about it is that the, the aim and the purpose of Safe Families is that we will come alongside the churches and the ministers, and we'll say to them, can I pray for you? Can I share in your vision? Can you tell me? And the minister shared with me, and partway through the conversation, he looked at me and he said, I've not told anybody this. And I said, but the Spirit of God wants you to share it so I can pray for you. And with that, I started to prophesy into him. I didn't walk into that building. I went in there nervous. I'm not very good at cold turkey. I'm okay with people that I know, but I find it really hard to go into places where I don't know anybody and I just got to go in. And the Spirit of God knows that. And he says, brilliant. Hi, Deb. He says, brilliant. I can, I can use you. Because I'm rubbish, really. I struggle with that. But we've got to recognise our weaknesses. Yeah? Because in recognising our weaknesses, we've got to find our strength in the risen saviour. Yeah? So I'm glad I'm weak. I'm glad that in areas I'm weak, that he might make me strong. I'm glad sometimes I feel afraid. And that God says to me, and I come across as somebody who's not ever afraid, don't I? Yeah? Well... If you really know me, if you really know me, I do it afraid. I do it afraid. And two times this week I've walked into situations, not petrified afraid, but not in my comfort zone. And God has given me a spirit of prophecy. We're living in those days, people. Look for it. Because what you can speak into somebody else's life brings the deliverance of Jesus Christ to his majesty. Right, before we do anything else tonight, I want us to pray for Turkey. And I know you've been praying, but we're the church. And we are called to pray. And we've got brothers and sisters in that land. We've got ministers in that land, yeah, that are ministering the gospel, yeah? We have got people going in there to help. The devastation of that land, we can't even imagine it. Don't pretend we can, because we can't, yeah? 
We can't imagine it. We see what's on the news. But we are the church of Jesus Christ and our brothers and sisters are in that land. So tonight, let's just pray. Let's just lift that land before God as we've been doing, as I'm sure you've been asking God to do. Just that. But Father, we cannot comprehend that devastation. But we know, Lord God, even tonight I heard on the news that there are miracles taking place. Yeah? That families are being brought out of that devastation when, when they shouldn't have been. So somehow, God, you're making a way, but many lives have been lost. And if ever a land needs your comfort, it's now. Comfort the people of that land, Lord. Come. And minister, Lord, will you anoint and especially grant supernaturally courage and anointing to every worker, to every man and woman that is a bearer of your name. We pray that you will come and you will, Lord God, grant them words of hope, words of peace, words of life in spite of. Father, would you, would you do an amazing work there in a land of devastation, in a land that has lost hope, in a land that is suffering? Will you come, Lord? And will you bless? Because where your people are, there is a blessing. They come with a blessing of God. And Father, we speak hope. Peace, love, every, every need to be met at this time in the way of provision. Strengthen every worker. Lord, help. Help those who do not know you to call on your name even through this, Lord. Even through this tragedy, may they call on the name of Jesus as a land. May your name be lifted up, Lord, as the church of Jesus Christ. Praise for brothers and sisters and the land and the people of Turkey and beyond. Father, you said that we would live in days like this. But we know, Lord, that as the days grow darker... And the situations bring so much darkness that your light is brighter. So much brighter. So much stronger. So much greater than what we see. And so, Lord God, I pray tonight, we pray tonight, that you would bring your comfort to a land that can only be comforted by the living God. And bless every person that right now are your hands and your feet and may your love shine even brighter tonight and in the days that are to come faithful God faithful God amen so where was I muddled between two words <laughs> Try and be a preacher and have two words. <laughs> but I'm going to be obedient. Praise God for his word. So I've got to turn the pages. So, 
But this is fat. But this is fat. This is that was, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. The scripture that I read to you, and it should come to pass in the last days, was spoken years and years, hundreds of years. It was this, a hundred, hundreds of years ago, and he spoke it. This was direct reference to the day of Pentecost. Yeah? And it became that. This is that. This, God have been the Holy Spirit told me that. This is that. The word of God is full of this that became that. Long before Jesus arrived on the scene, he was spoken about. They said this. They promised a Messiah. I wrote a few things down. Because there's loads, loads. In fact, if you look at every story, the promised Messiah, that promise was made thousands of years before his birth. It was spoken, and this became that. Yeah? It was an incredible promise, and it was fulfilled precisely at the right time. This became that. You'll get a bit more excited as the night goes on. I got excited. Over 60 prophecies proclaimed that the word, this, would become flesh, that. Amen? Yes? He came to his own, but his own rejected him. The Holy Spirit was promised on the day of Pentecost. Spoken about here. Spoken about by Joel. On the day of Pentecost, this that was spoken by Joel became that. Anything, and it's in the word, it's not in the word this, but it's true. Anything worth having is worth waiting for. The word proves that. The second coming of Jesus hasn't happened yet, but it's been prophesied, it's been talked about. There's coming a day when this will become that. Amen? The Bible is full of the word being spoken. This this child will be born. Yeah? This will take place. This victory is yours. And this has become that. The Bible is full of this becoming that. Your lives. Your lives. Your lives are full of this becoming that. It's amazing. 
Tonight, your this can become that. Your this can become that. Your this and yours, Jenny. She walked the socks off me Monday night. My legs are still aching. She said, come for a walk. She lied. It was a trek. <laughs> My legs are still like jelly. <laughs> it was good. We talked the word. It's good. First Thessalonians says the Lord himself will descend from heaven. He's coming on the clouds and every eye will see him. This that they've spoken about will become that. The same Jesus who was taken up into heaven, this same Jesus will one day be seen by every eye and it will become that. Amen? In the same way that he was seen to go up into heaven, he will return. Let not your hearts be troubled because I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And this will become that. Yes? This will become that. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But he's coming with angels in glory. And we've got to be patient for his coming because not one will be lost of the ones that Father has already said are mine. This will become that. Stay awake. Because he's coming when we least expect it. But believe me, this will become that. Jesus is coming again. Amen. And he's coming for his own. And he's coming for those who have heard the call and said, yes, Lord, my sins are forgiven. I am redeemed. I've been set free. Because this in my life has become that. This in your life has become that. Because you've been washed and you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And it was promised that he would remove our transgressions far from us. That we would receive salvation. And I wasn't saved once, but now I am. And this what he spoke became that. Hallelujah. 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 You see, that that Joel spoke about was an outpouring of God's spirit on all people, both men and women. And it was spoken, as I've already said, about the day of Pentecost, when a multitude of both men and women began speaking in other tongues. You see, it's okay to speak in other tongues. Jesus said, be filled with his spirit and you will. You will speak in other tongues and you, and you will be strengthened as you edify yourself because that is the reason for it. And when I am weak, I become strong and this becomes that. Amen? Amen? God is so good. And then I started to see something else. But this is that. But most of us spend a lot of our lives in the is. Before it becomes that. If anybody's listened to this, they think, oh, I lost the plot. I will make it, I will make it um, understandable, I think. 
But this is that. But until we get to that, we're in the is. And we spend a lot of time. And, and, and we talked a bit last week because um, um, Annie shared, um, oh, and she's got part two of her testimony. I'll tell you what, there's still fruit coming from the word that, that God opened up to her last week. It's incredible. She is just buzzing with excitement. But Annie had had this picture that God had showed her. And one of the things was that, that, that some of what God spoke into her heart was from many years that she needed to hear from God about certain things in her life. And, and, and in a way, he had her in a place, if you like, of, of, of silence and a place of hiddenness. I don't like the silent years, do you? There's times of silence. There's times when God has said this, then we don't hear anything else. We don't hear another word. And we're in the is. But where's the that? That he said when he said this. And this is promises. This is things that God has spoken into our lives. This is the word. This is the truth that we stand on. And we look and we say, well, yeah, it says it in your word and I see it in them, but where's it in me? When's this going to become that for me? This. But this is that. You see, we do spend a lot of our lives in the is bit. Between what has been planted and the harvest. Between the starting line of the race and the finish line. We spend a lot of our lives in that in-betweeny place. But I've come to discover, and I'm learning it more and more, and I'm understanding more and more, that it's what we do in the season of is that greatly affects the level of the blessing in that. It's what we do in this season of is. Yeah? And that's personal and that's relational with God. You see, God gives the promise. He gives the this. This is what I've said. This is what I've spoken over your lives. And then there's the silence. And then there's the things aren't changing things are staying the same but when this comes to fruition and we receive that long awaited promise we can look back and see that actually God had a purpose in the season when we felt lonely when it was silent when it was hidden when we were waiting, when we were transitioning, when we were growing. You see, during that season, God is silent. We don't hear too much from him. We don't hear too much from God until the season starts to shift. 
He delivers a word to us. Yeah? And I believe he watches to see how we're going to nurture that word. How we're going to handle that word. You see, when we receive a word from God, we receive it with zeal. And we receive it, yes, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yeah. And then there's the wait. And 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 I'm just going through the motions. And I can't make sense of anything. And I'm feeling bored. And my dreams feel futile. And I've been forgotten. And I'm out of sight. And I'm out of, out of my mind. Because you said this, God. But where's the that? How do I get from this to that? What are you doing? And we've got a responsibility. Because one thing I have become certain of. God delivers a promise and he intends to deliver on that promise at the right time. His timing is everything. But most times it's not in line with mine. But we've got a a responsibility in the in-between, in the is season. We've got a responsibility to listen to watch, to rest, to grow in the place that we've been planted. We've got to seize opportunities. Yeah? Because a lot of time is spent in the land of this. And I, I am certain this season that we find ourselves in, we, I said it the other week, I said it a few weeks ago now, I've certainly said it this year, I think, um, that we spent a lot of time in the prophecy that Sam brought to us. And we have fed, and we've been fed, yeah? And, 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 and the leaders of the house have fed us, and God himself has fed us. And I gave that lovely description, shall I do it again? Like this. <laughs> We're full up. What are we doing? What are we doing? The Spirit of God, I felt clearly, spoke that into my heart. That we, in this season, as a church, individually, as a church, in whatever way that God is showing us, and He's going to be showing us, I know He's showing me things, that If anyone is a hearer of the word. No, I'll go up a little bit further. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We have heard that prophetic word that Samuel faithfully delivered for nearly two years. Now we've got to be doers of it. Now we've got to be doers. Because if we're just hearers only, we deceive ourselves. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and he immediately forgets what kind of man that he was. Interesting, isn't it? You can have the word and the word is important. But you can be so filled with the word and if you're not outworking that word and you're not doing that word in whatever way that is um, being asked of you before God, then actually you just forget that word. It just makes you fat. And so what I've discovered and what I, I was realizing afresh as I looked at this last night Waiting involves working. But the very word waiting has confused us. Because we think that waiting is just, well, you know, I've done my bit and I'm just waiting. But all through that waiting season in God, it means that I've still got to be going after God with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my mind. I've got to keep going after God in the waiting. And I've got to keep being ready and prepared for God to speak to my heart and say, go there. What, there? Yeah, there. Do that. Yeah, what, that? Yeah? We've got to be open in the waiting. The waiting is not just waiting, sitting back. The time of waiting is a time for going after God. Going after God and gaining strength. Yeah? Hearing the word of God and building on it to ensure that our foundation goes deep. You see, in any given season, whatever your season is personally, you are being prepared in that season for the next one. And it's what you do in that season that will be dependent on the next season. And if you've wasted time in this season and you've not gone after God and you've not fed on his word and you've believed all the lies and the doubts that have come from the enemy, then actually you become of no effect and you just stay stranded. You see, I believe that God wants us to watch what he's doing. I like, I talk a lot. But actually, I observe a lot. I watch. And recently, where my job's taken me into different situations in different areas, I've been watching. I've been watching. What are you doing, God? What are you saying? I watch here. I watch what God is doing. It's important that we watch what God is doing. Look for where he's working. And then at the right time, partner with him. But spend time, take time out to watch and to look and to see. Because he will reveal things of his spirit. And when those things of his spirit are sitting right in your heart and they line up with the word, then join God and partner with him in what he's doing. I believe that there's a wind of change blowing on the church. Not all good. 
anybody's been listening about where the Church of England are going at the moment, oh dear, oh dear, there's a wind of change. But Jesus said, I'm building my church. And I've had to walk into some scenarios that I thought, oh, oh my, oh my. <laughs> For such a time as this, that we love one another. We care for one another because Jesus is building his church. But I want, you, I want to say to you, pray for the church of Jesus Christ. Pray for those who are especially struggling with these decisions that are ungodly. They're a sign of the times that we're living in. But there's godly people in some of these places that are struggling massively now because they are going to have to make decisions. Can they stay or are they going to have to go? And they can only do that before God. There's a wind of change coming on the church and on its people. If we're honest, waiting is painful. The waiting on a promise that hasn't yet been fulfilled is hard. But in that season, I've got to choose how I'm going to respond. My response in that season is so important. Am I going to respond with perseverance, faith, hope and trust? Because that is what the believer needs to carry them through that season. It's perseverance, it's faith, it's hope, it's trust, yeah? And you see, I believe that when we go through a season with those quality, qualities, with those things that God has given to us, that we've got a future that's greater than we could ever imagine. I've seen it. I've seen it happen in our lives. I've seen it happen in this church. I've seen it happen in other believers. I've seen how God has brought people through tough situations. Yeah? I've seen what God has done, and it's been fruitful. Part of the other word, and, and, and some of it is crossing over, because part of the other word that I was going to bring was about the fact that we, we, and it's scriptures that we don't tend to hear much about, but it all ties in with as we're waiting on God for his promises, as we're trusting, trusting in him for personal breakthroughs, that actually we've got to take up our cross. And do you know what taking up your cross really means? It's embracing the fact that your life is not all about you. That's the truth. It's not all about who we are. You see, when we came to Jesus, he expected that we died a self. Once? No. Daily. It's not about me. 
And I keep saying I feel that God's taking me out of my comfort zone, and he is. He's taking me in places. He's taking me into situations that really I prefer some not to do. Oh, I'd like to go to the places that I like. And, 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 but he's taking me into situations that are challenging me. Yeah? And the challenge of the season is that God loves his church. And he's building his church. And he's building you and me. And so the cross is not about us, but about living our lives for Jesus. You see, your personal breakthrough will become a blessing to many others. It's not about you. God loves you. God's built you for eternity. God is doing his work in you. He's changing you. But the breakthrough that you have in Jesus will bless many, many others. It's a principle. It's a kingdom principle. As we embrace the cross, it will release a blessing. Not only to those around us, but to Jesus himself. Because he sees the journey. He sees the road. He sees the cost. And as we take up the cross, we endure. We endure and we grow strong as believers. And do you know something that I've, I've, I'm coming to recognize as, as I'm coming alongside people and as I'm talking is this, that the season that we find ourselves in is definitely building us for the next season. But the next season's going to be different because we are going to be built. We're going to understand something about the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because I've realized that Christians don't get it a lot of times. They don't get the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. Yeah? And I believe that in the seasons of waiting, the seasons of growing us, the seasons of maturing us, is that we will come to understand his authority and that we have got responsibilities to move in that authority. In Jesus' name. I talked about leaning into his voice, understanding what he's saying. And I believe that there are some things that Jesus, I've come to the conclusion, won't do for us. Because he says, I've given you all authority. And we've got to take that authority. But God, please, will you do this? Please, I pray in the name of Jesus, will you? No, you get on and do it. You go and take the authority. You, you go and do what I've called you to do. You go and be who I've called you to be. And take authority in the situation. You see... Jesus rebuked his disciples in the boat, didn't he, in the storm? Because he was fast asleep and they got all miffed that the storm was raging and what are you doing about it, Jesus? And, and, and Jesus just said, peace be still. And, but actually, the disciples should have done that. They shouldn't have waited for Jesus to wake up. Because that's what Jesus meant. Well, well where was your faith? Why didn't you rebuke the wind and the waves? You see, sometimes you want Jesus to do it when Jesus says you do it. You've got the authority to rebuke the wind and the waves in your... You haven't even got to go to the pastors. They can help sometimes. But Jesus is building us to do it ourselves. 
Do you know that? Do you realize that? That Jesus is, I mean, I live with a pastor, but he can't rebuke every storm in my life. Sometimes we will stand together over things. But a lot of times I've got to do it myself. And he has to do it for himself. So if that happens in the pastor's house, I don't want to dash all your dreams, but you know, and it's right. Obviously God's put, put the church in the order that he's put it in. But do you get what I'm trying to say to you? What I'm trying to say to you is, Jesus says, I've given you all authority. I've given it to you. Yeah? And the, and, and the purpose of any teaching in this house is that you'll be equipped to go do it. Yeah? That you will be... Now, sometimes you need to call in help. Sometimes I need to call in help. Sometimes I need to get others to pray. Sometimes I need to get people to come alongside. But Jesus says, I have given you the authority. Yeah? And as you wait on me and as you trust me, look, his word is final. And that final word gives us hope that what we are seeing is not all there yet. Because it's under the ground, it's a silent seed. That is beginning to change. And it's shaping new life. And it's beginning to form. And it's going to burst forth at just the right time. You see, the silent time is so important. You can't see it because it's underneath. But I want to say to you, you need to have vision for it. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Are you seeing that something that you're asking God for in your mind's eye? Can you picture it? Can you picture God doing? You know, if you're praying for salvation, have you seen your loved one in church praising God? It's intriguing. I do it for our son. And I've been given things in the spirit, of seeing him moving in the spirit. And sometimes I'm with him and I think, the spirit's on him. But he, as far as I know, he's not made a decision for God. But I stand, some, it happened to me tonight. We took the children swimming and I stood beside him and I thought, I can see it. Now you might think I'm dopey, you might think I've lost the plot. But that's my belief. I can see it. It's not my imagination. It's something in the spirit. And that's what I believe. If you're believing salvation, then start to say to God, show me. Show me what it's going to look like. You see, because what I see can sometimes be really discouraging. Yeah? Really discouraging. We'll get moments when he encourages our hearts. But other times it can be really discouraging. So Jesus, by your spirit, show me what this looks like. And you might get a picture of that person praising God in a church building. Maybe not this church building, maybe another church building. Could be anything. But God will show you things. 
If you're, if you're asking God for, for, for finances in some area, then see it. God, this is what I'm asking for. Then picture it. It might be a fridge freezer. It's a bit boring, isn't it? But <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then say, God, I need that, so I'm going to call that in. I've done everything I can do, but now I'm trusting you. See it. You see, the prophecy of Joel says, and your sons and daughters, that, that they'll, they'll prophesy. And they're going to have visions and they're going to have dreams. That's not natural. You're not natural. You're supernatural. Expect supernatural. Yeah? Expect it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Envisage that which God has promised. Yeah? I've done it over the years in different situations, in different scenarios. I've seen God provide. I've seen him. And he comes through. But I want to tell you tonight, there are no shortcuts on spiritual maturity. He's growing us up. Yeah? That's why waiting's painful. Because we lose sight of the this while we're in the is and we're waiting for the that. We lose sight of it. Yeah? And it becomes painful. But Jesus wants us to wait with joy whoever she is. He wants us to, to believe and, 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 he, and he will give us that. He will give us that because he knows that the season can be long and the season can be hard. But I want to encourage you tonight. I don't know what the word is in your heart, but this is that. Yeah? I don't know what your this is. I don't know what your this might be in the days to come. But if God has spoken it, God has shown it to you by his spirit, then you believe that that will happen. Yeah? That will happen. That will come to pass. That might mean you walk through trial and tribulation. That might mean that there will be obstacles. That might mean at times there will be negative reports. That might mean at times that... The voice of the enemy seems louder than the voice of Jesus, but all of those things are building us, maturing us. So that when we read the word, we come to the word with a mature mind and a mature heart that then starts to read it and says, actually, I really think this is possible. I think this could really happen. I think, God, I think you could be doing this. You could be strengthening me. You could be helping me. You can be showing me that actually you are building me. And we're living in days that are dark. I tell you what, we've got to be able to see the light, haven't we? In the darkness that's surrounding us. Yeah? We've got to see that Jesus is building his church. And he said this would happen. That in these days, the gates of hell would prevail against it. Yeah? But Jesus is building his church. And I believe that we're seeing things now that, um, you know, some of, our, some of our people, our ancestors not so long ago would just be horrified at, wouldn't they? Even in our lifetime. Yeah? I think, you know, I think, think of my father-in-law. You know, he would just, you know, 
But it's happening. It's happening around us. But Jesus is building his church. Be careful, people, that you don't get caught up in it. It's not right. It's wrong. Yeah? But be careful that it doesn't become your focus. Make sure that Jesus is your focus. Because actually, as you shine the light, you see, and I'm in challenging times. I was right into something on Monday morning, in and around some of the stuff that's happening. With a young guy, and, 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 and instantly my, my head was thinking, oh my goodness, how, how can I speak life into this? Not, not him in particular, but into the situation. But God came. What an opportunity. We could have spent that conversation talking about all the stuff that is not good and it is bad. But instead, it got turned around to Jesus, who's got a hope and a future and a plan and a purpose. And it's greater than what we are seeing with our natural eyes. Yeah? Yeah? We can change the atmosphere. And I've been saying it for as long as I can remember, and Dan takes the mick out of me. But do you know, I'm getting, to, I'm getting to do it. I'm getting to go into churches that have lost hope, that are dead. Not every church. But I'm getting the opportunity to go in and change the atmosphere. Yeah? By his spirit. So I'm recognising this job is bigger than keeping families safe. That it's a two-edged thing he's given me to do. Yeah? And that they are joining together in some of the least likely places. I think Rob said about our opinions, didn't you? We've got to be careful about our opinions in these days. Because they ain't all right. And I'm being challenged in some of my opinions. And that's got to be good. And that's God. Amen? He is building his church. So don't be afraid. The world is in chaos. He is coming again. Yeah? The days will grow darker. The devastation is horrendous. Not just we're seeing natural disasters there in Turkey, but so much around nation is rising against nation. Yeah, it said it would be that way. And Jesus says, but I'm preparing my bride. Yeah, I'm getting her ready. And this will be that. One day we will be adored. And what's he looking for? Faith on the earth. But everything, if we spend too much time dwelling on the things that are, are hard and bad and difficult and sad and wrong in the church and all the other things that are going on in the if we spend all of our time focused on that, we'll have no faith. And Jesus said, get your roots down. Get your roots into this word and just don't be reading the word and hearing the word on a Sunday. Just don't be doing that, but start doing it. Start doing the word. Start doing. I said before Christmas, and it's the same theme, I can't get away from it. It's time to build. It's all the same words. He says, I'm going to bring you into a place of rich fulfillment because he said, I believe we've heard enough of the word because we're fat now. And we've heard that for nearly two years, that particular prophecy. And it's time to do. 
It's time to do. And he's commissioned us to go into the world and share the gospel. Yeah? And share the good news. And tell people about Jesus. And do you know what? As you start to focus on stuff other than you, God takes care of the you. Yeah? I've proved it. I've proved it. Time and time and time again that God looks after the things that we are caring about. And those things that are most difficult that we might be walking through personally, but as we reach out, yeah, our breakthrough becomes a blessing to others. You're a blessing. You know that? You're a blessing in the house of God. And he's made us promises. And he says, but this is that. Not this might be that. This is that. Yeah? This is that. And we've seen some of the this is that in our testimonies, haven't we? And the things that have gone on in the past in our lives. But he's saying it to us today. This is that. So I don't know what your this is. I don't know what your is is. But believe for you that. Believe for you that. Whether it's salvation whether it's healing, whether it's provision in some way, whether it's a promise that God has said, then imagine it and see it and believe that this which, is been, which has been spoken will become that by his spirit and agree to partner. You see, we can, we can make decisions in our season. We either agree with the report and what's been spoken over us and that will bring fear. Believe me, you won't have to try and find it. It'll bring it. Even sat in a meeting, you can be full of fear if you've made your agreement with that which has been spoken. But if you make your agreement with the God who speaks over your life, who has given you life, who has given you a hope and a future, if your agreement is in him, nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you. Nothing can by any means harm you. Nothing. Because you've made your agreement with the God who's the author of your life. Amen? But we, that's our part. That's what I'm saying. God makes the promise, but then he says, come on, what are you going to do to come in line with me? What are you going to do to come in agreement with me? What are you going to... You'll have to take up your cross. Simple as that. Because that's what it means. Taking up your cross. This is how it is, God. It's tough. It feels hard. But actually, I know that you died for me, that you gave your life for me, that I might live. And if I'm living in any other way and believing lies and letting my mind be filled with all that all the day, then I'm not living. I'm existing. And God's come to give me life. Amen? In all its fullness. Yeah? In all its fullness. And then we start to see that this, 
yeah, it's on the way to that. It's happening. And I'm being changed in the process. And I'm understanding a bit more about faith. And I'm growing. And I'm learning. And I'm transitioning. And I'm growing in the silent time. When nothing seems to be going on. When nothing seems to have changed. And it's all gone wrong. And I've lost hope. But God comes. And we find ourselves hoping again. Trusting again. Believing again. Because God delivers on his promises. Let's just stand together, shall we? If you're able to stand, stand. But if you don't want to, then that's okay as well. Put a seal on your word, Lord. And in everyone's life in this place tonight, and and those that aren't here, others that we're thinking about, and others that we know, Lord, I pray that they're this will become that. And just take a moment now to think of something that has come to your mind, maybe as I've been speaking, a person, a promise, a situation, a salvation, a healing, whatever God has been showing to you. God, in this season, may this become that. And, 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 you know, I don't know how you're going to receive this, but God wants you to hear this tonight because he changed the word. So he wants you to know that it's possible. All things are possible. That this can become that. Full of God, full of the Spirit. Full of his promise, full of his hope, full of your future, full of what he has for you, where he wants to take you, what he's doing in you. And you see, from your personal breakthrough, you will affect your family. The people around you will be affected by your personal breakthrough. It's a given. It's not just about you. But when you're in something, it feels like you're the only one that can possibly be in it and no one else could possibly have had to be in this. (laughs) That's a lie. That is a downright lie because people walk through journeys that have cost them everything. People have had to face situations that have cost them everything. People have had to carry heartache. You are not the only one. That's a lie from the enemy because what the enemy wants you to do is to go into self-pity. Jesus says, pick up the cross. Trust in my word. And I'm not saying this to to bring anybody down because I've walked it, I've done it. I've done it. But I know the difference. And the difference is life. And the difference is authority in Jesus. And it's one of the things, it's on my heart every Wednesday because I'm in, I want freedom, I want it, I want to see things happen. But you see, I know that I can't even pray as I should pray unless I'm free. 
I'm no use, no ornaments, uh, anybody. Unless I've got freedom myself in that area. Yeah? Because sometimes when prayer requests come through or when things are happening round about us, I don't know about you, but I thought, oh no. And if we stayed like that, oh dear. Oh no. How's God ever going to break through in there? Oh God, no. And then another one comes. Do you find it that some days you get six in a day? And if you're in an oh no situation, by the end of the day, it's, dear God. I'm making you laugh, but it's true, isn't it? Isn't it true? I feel like it sometimes. And then I give myself a good talking to. Get a grip, Wendy. And pray with the authority that Jesus has given you. I've got to give myself a slap. Yeah? And I'm making you laugh. But what we want to do is, you see, if you will receive the word that you get spoken to in this house, you will go out equipped. You will go out energized. You will go out different. And God will download into you and you will pray. I can't teach you how to pray. I can't tell you what to say. Do you know, some of the prayers that I've had the biggest answers over have been one-liners. And some of those are memorial stones in my heart that God has clearly shown me. Don't be deceived that you've got to spend hours and hours in prayer. Sometimes we do have to intercede. In a road traffic accident, was to take my life. That's what it was aimed to do. The only prayer I prayed was, Jesus, help! It was a memorial stone. It's been placed in my heart. I've never forgotten it. I didn't have time to intercede. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was on my head. Upside down. But he answered. And he sent help. Supernaturally. There are memorial stones in my heart that I've not forgotten. There have been times of sadness, but I want to tell you, God came and helped. There are times in my life I've never forgotten certain things, ever. They're memorial stones in my heart. They will remain there. They'll go to heaven with me. But they have been put there by the Spirit of God as a reminder that my God saves. My God saves in the darkest night. Yeah? My God saves. And I want to tell you, I've seen my God move and say, this will be that. And he's still doing it. In my family. In my church family. Well, you're all my family. But he's still doing it. He said this. And I haven't seen the that for some of it yet. But he's in it. I can see him in the is. I can see him. I can see him. And even where it's silent and I can't see, I've got enough 
in me now to know that he's there. If Terry was here, behind the scenes, he's there. Even when you can't see the answer, even when it seems silent, even when it seems that it's hopelessly lost, he is there. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is there. And your this will be that. In his name. And I love it when the, the bit between this and that is really quick. Because <laughs> I don't like the patience bit. But do you know, even in that, he's taught me wonderfully. He's taught me amazingly to understand something about the weight. Sometimes, you know, we come into this place, and I know others do as well, with the deepest heartache. But you wouldn't necessarily know that. Because God has brought joy in the deepest, darkest place of the heart that says it's okay. I can wait. I can trust you. Because actually, all of my hope isn't in the prayer that you're going to answer. All of my hope is in the God who's going to answer the prayer. It's a massive difference. It will change the way you live. Yeah? It will change the way you pray. And it will change the person you are. Jesus is building his church. John, will you just read to us that um, word that you had, had written down earlier? I'm going to give you the microphone. Just here. I want you to know not to fear what you hear and see around you in these days. For I am with you. I am your strength. And I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. I have called you out of darkness into my glorious light. So I say to you, walk in my power and might. Hold your head up high. And I am revealing to the lost and to the church that I, your God, reign supreme. Yes, God. Thank you, John. Yes, God. Hold your head up high. God is reigning supreme. Yeah? And he is making all things come together for good. Because he is good. He is good in every single way. And he's going to do you good. Sometimes it might be a rough ride. But it will come good. Yeah? Because God is faithful, isn't he? Okay. We're going to close. Does anybody want prayer before we close? Alison? Yeah, we can do that. Anybody else? Want prayer before we go? Jesus is in our midst. Yeah? He's present with us. He sets the captive free. How many of you have come to a prayer meeting? 
Ask for prayer. And God is moved. Wow. How many have waited a long time for something sometimes and it just happened to be that it was that prayer meeting you came to and it changed? I was reminded of you, Sarah, then. For years, a stomach problem that, that totally took her out. Hospital after hospital, emergency room after emergency room, all over the land, all over the world. She'd go away and she'd end up in an emergency room, A&E. And one Tuesday night, because it was Tuesday, it was back when we used to come in the chapel, God delivered her. Years in a debilitating condition that was dreadful. One Tuesday night he came. You see, you've got to keep coming to meetings. Who's to say it's not going to be your moment in the way? You came. The next day you were going for a scan. God said, anoint her with oil. Sarah had the word. I felt it. Lorraine prayed it. Three of us agreed. Actually, the Holy Spirit and God, um, six of us agreed. And Godfrey had it. Seven of us agreed. God healed her that night. The next day, there was nothing on that scan. She still went through a battle after it and needed a bit of strength again. But God healed her that night. In the way, every time we meet, come. You don't know when your moment's going to be. You don't know when that moment's going to come when God says, right, I'm going to break through now. I've seen you. I've watched you. I'm going to break through. I'm going to bring you that. It might be the very night that you get a this word from God. And God says this as he speaks over your life. And it begins a journey of you waiting for that. Or it might be an encouragement in the is season and a release and an anointing so that you can keep going until you get the that. But your that might come that very night or that very next day. Do you get what I'm saying? You see, that's why Jesus said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It wasn't just to make the pastor happy. Pastors happy. They're miserable anyway. It's about you. It's all about you. Every word that is prepared, it's all about you. God speaks to me and the pastors and whoever's delivering the word, but it's fundamentally about you. When I come to God for a Wednesday night, God, I say, what do you want to say to them? And guess what? He speaks to me first. That's good. All right, Ellen. <laughs> I do love her. <laughs> She's my biggest cheerleader. <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? You know, I've got to say, and it's an opinion, and it's not a judgment, but I don't understand people that are walking in journeys and don't come. I don't get it. I'm not judging. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. 
You see, I've walked through some dire... I've walked through some life and death situations. And you guys in this place have kept me. I don't get it. I'll never understand it. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying I don't get it. I don't get it. When there's life here. Does it mean that every time we want to come in? No, it doesn't. Sometimes I'm much rather stay at home in my jammy, especially after COVID, when we had to come back to the meeting. And I'm so used to getting in my jammies at six o'clock at night with my cup of coffee on Zoom. And then they said, we're coming back to me. I mean, flipping heck. Come on, be honest. It's a challenge, isn't it? But I'm saying it for your sakes. Because it could be your moment. It could be the very time God's going to touch you, Carol. And that, he already did, but I'm talking about you. It's not about being concerned. No. You don't know the moment that God's going to say, I've done it. Good you're not concerned. But there's a moment. No, what I said is, you were told it couldn't be reversed. I said God can reverse it. Instantly, was my reply. I don't care what you've had spoken over you. If God says this, it will be that. I'm simple. I'm simple. If you've said that, God, then I'm going to believe that it's going to be that. If that's what you've said. I complicate it sometimes. Not God. He doesn't complicate it. I complicate it. With my reasoning. With my doubts. With my what ifs. With my when God. I'm running out of patience God. But when I keep it simple. God you said it. The journey with Harry was another one. God you said it. And that's why I wrote a journal, which I'm still praying about putting into a book, because I believe that's what God wants me to do that with it, as an encouragement and as a blessing to others, because it's real and it's from the heart, but it points all the glory to God, who's the only one who is able. You see, God, some things you never forget. When our son died, the night before I went into labour, God spoke the words of John 14 into my heart. I didn't know what that was about. What a funny scripture to give me when I'm in labour. I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you're going to be also. And I remembered thinking, am I going to die in labour? My son was born very ill. Took to Bristol that night. And as time went on, I realised... God had prepared the place for Adrian Robert. He spoke it into my heart. He told me he'd gone ahead and prepared the place. And in that situation of heartache for us, this still became that. This still became that. But it was full of hope. Yeah? In death, 
there was hope. In death, there was life. Yeah? Because our God said, this has happened, but I've gone to prepare a place. And I'm going to take him. It was weeks later. But I'm going to take him to be with me. Yeah? And there was joy in that. Upside down as that sounds. There was a joy in that. Because we knew where he was. And we later went on and had Sarah, followed by David. And then you know the story with David's son all those years on. This became that again. And he lived. And the story. I want to tell you God's in everything. From the beginning to the end. Nothing is wasted. Let's pray for Alison. Life in Jesus' name. He is the life giver.